0: Welcome to Things We Should Have Learned in Nursing School, where I fill the gap between what you learned in school and what you actually need to know to be successful as a nurse. I'm your host, Rachel Murray, RN, neonatal nurse practitioner, professional development trainer, and SoCal Transplant, who's a Midwesterner at heart. I'm so glad you're here. Now, grab some coffee, get out of those scrubs, and let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I hope you all are having a nice day. Um, For me, it's like rainy and gross. So hopefully wherever you are, you're having a beautiful, sunshiny day. Uh, So today, this is going to be my last episode on emotion for now, but definitely not for too long because when I looked at my running list of podcast ideas, it turns out I still have really a lot to say about emotion. We're just going to take a little pause on it for a few weeks. What we're going to talk about today is a phrase that is being recommended to nurses to use in a way to connect with with patients emotionally that, frankly, I don't agree with. So I've attended some healthcare communication classes and I've noticed that there's one phrase, one piece of advice that nurses are getting that's not given any caveats to it or any context to it. And a lot of nurses are getting this advice and I just don't think it's the best advice we could give so because so many nurses are getting this advice we're going to talk about it here on a bigger platform for any of you who may have heard this so, what this recommendation is um, again, the context is in helping our patients when they're having difficult emotions. The idea is that this phrase that they recommend is really good for connecting with our patients and showing that we are understanding them and kind of just really building that foundation of connection. And the phrase that nurses are being recommended to use is this I can see your feeling. Fill in the blank. Okay. So, with whatever emotion that you think they're feeling. So, it might sound like, I can see you're feeling upset. I can see you're feeling sad right now. I can see you're feeling disillusioned right now. I can see you're feeling angry right now. Right. Okay. You get the point. So, it's the idea of naming their emotion and pointing out to them kind of what we see and kind of getting on their level. I do not recommend this phrase, not really at all. Now, if you search Google about this phrase, you'll see that it's used a lot, at least in my perception from my Google search, is that it's used a lot in the context of school-age kids and helping them to learn to recognize their emotions by labeling it for them. And in situations like this, where we're really teaching kids what emotions are and how to notice them and how to name them. I imagine it probably is a really great tool. I don't know, I mean, my daughter's two, she's like so chaotic with her emotions, right? But when she's older, I probably will try it and see if it works, and I think that it could. Um, But in the context of really, really heavy emotions with adults, or at least people who have a little bit more emotional understanding, I just don't think that it's that great of an idea. At best, it might be an okay thing to say, um, probably some of you have used it and had perfectly fine success. Maybe you have even had actual success with it. And that's that's fine. Um, I'm sure you do. It just doesn't always work out that way. And at its worst, I think it can make people so frustrated, so mad and really drive us apart and literally do the exact opposite of what the phrase is meant to do. So there are three reasons in my case, or three points in my case against this phrase that I'm going to lay out here. Now remember, this is not for every case. If you've said it and it's worked for you, that's fine. Just at the very least, take into consideration these three points and recognize that there might be a time when it will backfire. Okay, so the first point here, um, I'll just start with some examples. If I were extremely angry, And I felt like I had a right to be, which most people who are in the throes of anger generally in that moment really feel like they have a right to be angry, right? It's kind of rare to literally be angry, you know, acting that out, whatever we're doing and also in our mind kind of realizing that we're being, you know, overreacting or whatever in that moment doesn't usually happen, right? So most people who feel angry in that moment truly believe they have a right to be angry. So if I were super angry and somebody said to me, I can see you're feeling angry right now, that would send me over the edge. I would be so much more irritated after that. So let's say you're the family member of a patient and you've been waiting all day to talk to a surgeon. You got to the hospital in the morning, you talked to the nurse, you said, You know, I really want to speak with this physician. Please let me know when they're available. I'll make myself available. I will, you know, I'll stay here. I'll let you know if I'm stepping out. I just really want to be here when they come by for their rounds. I've got a lot of questions for them. And you don't leave a whole lot. You tell the nurse when you are gonna step out because you don't want to miss them. You know, you do all the things and you just kind of hang out. Finally, it's like 6 p.m. and you say, hey, you know, can you just like check again? I really want to talk to them. It's been, you know, all day and the nurse comes back and says oh i'm so sorry that surgeon's left for the day but we can find somebody else for you to talk to okay they might be so irritated so mad they just spent their whole day waiting to talk to one person they were very patient they were very clear about what they wanted in this context if you look at them and say i can see you're feeling really angry right now that's just probably not going to help them and just make them so much more irritated. Another example of this point, um, a real life example, is with the emotion of sadness. I was giving a lecture um, probably about four months ago now on de-escalation techniques. At the very end, I did talk about some of my reasons for not liking this statement. And at the end of the lecture, the new grad residency coordinator walked up to me and she said, oh yeah, you know, I never really thought about it that way, but you're right. I did use that phrase and it didn't work. She got really mad at me. So the phrase that she had used was with one of her patient's family members. It was her mom, the patient's mom. And she said, I can see you're feeling really sad right now. And the mom looked at her and said, of course I'm sad. Right? Like in a very irritated tone. And here's really why, right? All this statement says is that we are perceptive. It's like, hey, look at me, I notice things. I can see you're angry, I can see you're sad, I can understand emotion, right? It just says that we notice things, that we're perceptive, we're stating the obvious, and that is not helpful, right? Patients don't want or need us to tell them how they feel. They don't want us to point out to them how they feel. They already know how they feel. What they want is for us to help them feel better. What they want is for us to fix their problem, not just simply point out to them their emotions. That's just not useful. It doesn't do anything for them, right? So that's my first reason why this statement does not sit well with me. The second reason why it doesn't always sit well is that we really could be wrong, right? We could like say this big phrase, this bold phrase, I can see you're feeling really upset right now, and maybe we're not right. Maybe we've not gotten the emotion right or we've misread the situation, and that can also be really frustrating for for a patient or a family member. It just shows maybe a lack of understanding, maybe that we're not on the same page, we don't quite get them, um, or just making assumptions for some people doesn't really feel good. And the third reason why I think this phrase could be problematic in some situations is because when we say a statement like this, I can see you are feeling really upset right now. What we're doing is we're shining a bright spotlight on their emotion, and it's likely on a really uncomfortable emotion, which may send their kind of flight or flight into overdrive. What I mean by that is, again, you've heard me talk about the last few weeks, the idea of how so many of us tend to resist or avoid our really uncomfortable emotions. Now, if we're not in that phase where we're resisting the emotion, then then the statement's probably fine. But if we are, and we're feeling so uncomfortable and even uncomfortable about our discomfort, right? We just don't want someone to put a spotlight on it, so imagine a situation where let's say you're new on orientation. Many of you have probably been there, and you're just having like a really off day where you're you're not doing well, you're getting things wrong, you're kind of messing up your preceptor stepping in a lot, or for whatever reason, for whatever reason, at the end of the day, you just like feel so awful about how you did and Um, Just not not sitting well with you, right? You're starting to feel really insecure. Maybe you're even having a day of like, oh, am I going to get this, right? Just not a very good moment for you. And your preceptor turns to you and says, I can see you're feeling really insecure right now. Is that helpful? Is that statement helpful? For many of us, you feel like you want to hide, right? If you're already feeling anxious about how you are, anxious about your your performance, anxious about how your your future performance as a nurse, a statement like that just might not offer a lot of comfort. Or let's say you're in a hospital where as the bedside nurse, it's your job to report on your patient during rounds, or maybe it's safety huddle, bedside rounds, whatever you might have. So you're there and you've got, say, an attending, maybe you're at a teaching hospital, right? So you might have an attending, a fellow like For residents slash interns slash med students, you might have a nurse practitioner on rounds. You've got the pharmacist. You've got all these people, and when you present in your patient, let's say just doesn't go well, you mess up a lot, and you just feel really embarrassed, right? Again, if your preceptor turns to you and says, "Oh, I can see you're feeling really embarrassed right now," would that be helpful? Would that make you feel better? Would you feel more connected to your preceptor after that moment? My guess, if you're anything like me, is no, no, no. A big N-O, absolutely not. That would not help. There's no comfort in that statement. And when we shine a spotlight on such an uncomfortable emotion in some people, it just really backfires where people feel even more desire to kind of run and hide. I do think that the next step in the process of teaching nurses to say this statement, I can see your feeling, dot, 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 is to follow it up with some validation. So it might sound like, I can see you're feeling really insecure right now, and that's totally normal. I've been there. And that's a beautiful thing to say, right? The problem here is that if the person that we are talking to really was in that phase where they were... Really uncomfortable with the way they were feeling, with the emotion that they had, and they were trying to resist it and trying to not look at it and trying to make it go away and pretend it's not there. And then we shine that spotlight on us, on them. We might, like I said, kind of put them into their flight or fight into overdrive where they just feel so uncomfortable. So even if we followed up with the most beautiful validation, the most beautiful way of connecting with them, they are already not listening. They're already like their head is spinning with this discomfort. They might just have so much resistance to that emotion that we completely called them out for having. They might feel so ashamed that it will take so much extra effort on your part to bring them back to where they were. Right where they were, where they were just feeling like the one emotion and trying to manage that, let alone to make them feel better. The visual that I get in my head for this—I um, don't know if you can follow along with it. I'll try. I'll do my best. But the visual that I always have in my head is: I imagine if I'm standing on level ground with my patient or the family or whoever I'm talking to, and you know, my goal is to like make them lighter so they can kind of raise up higher. And instead, before I kind of help them feel lighter, help them raise up higher, I first dig a hole and then push them into it. And now from that point, I have to work to get them up to the neutral ground before I can make them even lighter and higher. It's kind of a weird visual, right? But that's just the way I see it. Like we dig ourselves a hole first and then we got to get out of the hole and then we can help them. And so what I recommend doing instead is really just remove that phrase. I can see you're feeling angry. I can see you're feeling sad. Just take it out because all that statement really says is like, hey, I'm perceptive, I'm noticing something here. Just take it out and move right to the part where we're validating and normalizing. I mean, I am a really big fan of naming emotions, there's a ton of power in this, but it needs to be on our own terms. So if a patient is not ready to look directly at a particular uncomfortable emotion, we cannot throw it in their face if they're not ready for it. So if we name the emotion and hand it to them and they're not ready to do it on their own terms, it's just not going to work for them. So as I mentioned last week, or I alluded to last week, we just want to speak to the emotion indirectly. So like I said, we can use the name of the emotion, but we speak to it indirectly. This is the best way I know to really calm someone down. So I gave some examples of this last week, but it might sound something like, you know, I really understand how upsetting it feels when blah, blah, blah happens. Or I can completely imagine how scary it would be to be in this situation something like that right we're using the name of the emotion we're saying scary we're saying upsetting whatever the emotion is but we don't necessarily call someone out for having it because some people cannot tolerate certain emotions in themselves And we just don't know who that person is or what that emotion is or what that trigger might be for someone. Sometimes it will be really obvious. I will say if somebody's in the throes of anxiety, that's probably a really good clue that they're having an emotion that they are resisting. I do think a lot of times when we feel anxious, that's what's actually going on below the surface. And I'll do a full separate episode on anxieties at some point. But... That's just a really good clue that there's an emotion and they're not allowing it, that they're really uncomfortable uncomfortable with it, and so shining a spotlight is not going to work for them. And the last thing I'll say about this is that you also might not even need to say much. If our goal is connection and really being there for our patients on an emotional level, We don't even necessarily need to say much, right? Even just sitting near them, right? Something like, I know this is hard. I'm here for you. That might be all we need to say. So the exact phrasing of what to say in that situation just might not be as important as simply being there with them. All right, everyone, I hope you found this really helpful. I know when I first heard this, this recommendation, my mind was a little bit like blown because it was just not something that I would ever have said before and I still would never say it and I've not ever found the need to. So again, like I said, if you have used it with some success, that's great. Just maybe take into consideration some situations where it won't work for you. If you don't have the habit, I don't see any reason why you need to start. If you can just skip to the place where you're already giving them some validation and holding space for their emotion, that's all we really need to do. Calling them out, naming it, telling them that you recognize how they feel in those exact not exact words, but basically in those words, right? I can see your feeling. That's just not useful. It's inferred when we move to the next step of validation, right? It's inferred in that next step that we clearly understand what they're going through or we see what they're going through. We don't need to say that. We can just infer it and move straight to the point where we're validating. All right, everyone. I hope you all have a lovely week and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Things We Should Have Learned in Nursing School. If you found this episode helpful, please return the love by rating the show. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. As always, I'd love to hear your comments, questions, or topic requests. You can email me at rachel at That's R-A-C-H-A-E-L at elevatenurses.com. I'll talk to you all next week.